Don't touch that dial. It's the American Grooves Radio Hour with your host, Joe Laura. eyes blazing how I love to sit and gaze to the eyes of Donnelly every night why do I shake with pride cause my dynamite change your mind about me oh Wander to China I would hop an ocean liner Just to be with Dinah Dinah, is there anyone finer In the state of Carolina If there is, then you know it, you know it Show to me Dinah, where the dicks just blazing I would love sitting gazing To the eyes Dinah My Dinah every night Why should I shake the fright? Because my dynamite changed your mind about me. Dinah, if you wanted to China, I would have an ocean liner. Just to be with Dinah, but a little later, 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 Shake with pride, cause my dynamite changed your mind about me. The name of this song is Dinah. Said it. The name of this song is Dinah. Snag it. The name of this song is Dinah. Ah, tell it. The name of this song is Dinah. Dinah. Wandered to China. State of Carolina. Risen, you know where I would like to have you. Show us to me, Dinah. Got those Dixie eyes blazing. I would love to sit and gazing to the eyes of Dinah Lee. Oh, Dinah, should you wander to China, would give me an ocean liner just to be with If anyone wondered whether Bing Crosby could sing jazz or not, well, I think this 1933 recording sets the record straight. Bing Crosby with the Mills Brothers and I think Victor Young's orchestra before they all start scatting and imitating instruments and all kinds of stuff. And Bing and the Mills Brothers were great friends. They were label mates on Brunswick. Then they moved over to Decca in 1934 and they shared a love for scat singing. Bing, of course, beginning his career with the Paul Whiteman Orchestra in the company of people like Bix Spiderback. And of course, jazz was all the rage when Bing began in the 20s. So it is no wonder that he would have been influenced by so many of the great players that he hung out with and played with, performed with as a vocalist. And the Mills Brothers 
four boys and a guitar. They literally had a disclaimer on their records that said that there are no other instruments on this record except for four boys and a guitar. No electric devices are used. They're imitating a band by blue blowing. One as a trombone, one as a trumpet, and one as a saxophone, and it is remarkable, and Bing fits right in there. Anyway, welcome to the big broadcast edition of the American Grooves Radio Hour, the big broadcast being the classic 1932 film that Bing starred in at the very beginning of his career, filmed in 31 with the Mills Brothers and Cab Calloway and Baby Rosemary and Abe Lyman's band and so many great people. And I'm dedicating this show, we're probably going to do a bunch of big broadcasts. It's going to focus more on pop and jazz music from the mid-20s to the late to the mid-30s. And we're dedicating it to the memory of Rich Conaty. Rich was a good friend of mine and he was the host for 20 years out of Fordham University, broadcasted the big broadcast radio show playing nothing but the great pop and jazz music of the 1920s and early 30s. He didn't expand into blues and country and ethnic music like I do, but it was a great broadcast and it went on for so long and we became good friends as record collectors and kindred spirits. So this episode and probably several more to come is dedicated to Rich Conaty and his big broadcast. Five and ten cents store. She 
of Valentino And when she made those eyes I kept buying China Until the crowd got wide Incidentally, if you should run into a shower Just step inside my cottage door And me, the million dollar baby From the five and ten cent
Mr. Will You Serenade, Clarence Williams and his Jug Band from 1933 on the OK record label. And that certainly was OK. The other side of that record was... Uh, Unusual Fletcher Henderson side. It's funny that they coupled two different bands on 178 at that point, but I guess anything to sell records during the Great Depression. Anyway, uh, that was Cecil Scott leading the group on clarinet, a great underrated player uh, uh, out of Harlem. And before that, we heard the Boswell Sisters, one of their earliest recordings uh, with the Victor Young Orchestra doing just a vocal chorus, as they called it, meaning that they're not the featured artist on the record. It's really a Victor Young record, but the song was also recorded uh, by their Brunswick label mates, Bing Crosby, also stars of the big broadcast, uh, uh, with Bing and the Mills Brothers, as I mentioned early. This song, I Found a Million Dollar Baby in a Five and Ten Cent Store. I think that's from late 1930, early 1931. And as I mentioned earlier, we are dedicating this show to the memory of my friend and the former host of the big broadcast radio show, which went on for 20 years, maybe 25 years uh, out of Long Island. I think he broadcasted out of Hofstra, Hofstra University, uh, Mr. Rich Connedy. And we're playing the type of music that Rich really loved. So let's get hot now with the Tiny Parham Orchestra from 1928, Snake Eyes. Thank you. 
may notice that sort of syncopated ending, that bump, bump, ba-da, bump, 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 ba-da, bump. That was the Charleston. The Charleston was a song that was written by James P. Johnson, the great Harlem stride piano player. I think he wrote it in late 1923. It began uh, a long, a long history of being recorded around 1924. I think the definitive version was by the Paul Whiteman Orchestra, but then so many different versions of the Charleston appeared because it took off as the definitive dance of the Roaring Twenties, the Charleston, the Black Bottom, but the Charleston was number one. Uh, we all see footage, film footage of people doing the Charleston, the Flappers, but it was a song by James B. Johnson and many different versions were recorded. We're going to play Paul Whiteman's version first, then we're going to follow it with sort of a hot jazz version by a group called Tommy Morris and his Hot Five, and then sort of just to show you uh, what a craze it was, Tin Pan Alley was working overnight to write Charleston-related songs, and this one written by Fred Fisher and... I think Vincent Rose, uh, anyway, uh, as it says on the record, two nice Jewish boys writing this Charleston song, and it is called, believe it or not, the Yiddish Charleston. And it is sung by one of the great phonograph comedy singers, Irving Kaufman, in 1927. So buckle up, let's go down Charleston Row for a bit. <laughs> Thank you. 
Spider-Man. Now, what is this you're going to play? Is this the Charlesburg? I mean the Charleston. <laughs> Take it away. Now, ain't you heard the latest noise? It's written by two Jewish boys. Oi, that, oi, that Yiddish Charleston. Oi, that, oi, that Yiddish Charleston. You should see the Combs and the Kellys doing it everywhere. Oi, oi, that Yiddish Charleston. Oi, oi, that Yiddish Charleston. The butchers, the bakers, the buttonhole makers doing it everywhere. Mocky mocks with big personalities do it every night. Mocky mocks of all nationalities meet the Israelites. Oi, oi, the Yiddish Charleston way is near. The Yiddish Charleston Henry Ford is learning how to Yiddish Charleston now. It is hey, hey, Lee, hey, 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 Lee, hey, hey. Listen, Morris, play the chorus. Hey, hey, Lee, hey, hey, say, 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 da 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 da. topping off the Charleston craze with the Yiddish Charleston. There's a reference in there to Henry Ford, very topical. Henry Ford, around 1926, made some incredibly racist, anti-Semitic comments about Jewish people, uh, and it created a huge backlash because everyone was buying his Ford cars at the time, and there was a boycott of uh, Model A Fords and other songs came about that, um, you know, it really created a horrible PR nightmare for the Ford company. And guess what? Henry Ford apologized to the Jewish people of America. And there was a song that was done. I think I'm going to play it for you. It's just kind of very topically interesting. It was written by the great showman, Billy Rose, who was also the husband of the great Fanny Bryce, who was also a Yiddish dialect 
singer. At the time, there were character singers. They would sing in Italian dialect, Yiddish dialect, German, Dutch, you name it. Uh, and, uh, of course, Fanny Bryce became an international star. But Billy Rose, her husband, before he became the great showman that he was, was a songwriter, a Tin Pan Alley songwriter. And it was not uncommon. It was, in fact, the rule that any fad, any topical event would often become the subject of a Tin Pan Alley-produced pop song. Even something as sensitive as an anti-Semitic incident involving Henry Ford. And here we have it for you. Uh, I'm not going to apologize, because this is history, but it is in a dialect. But it really shows you how profound that incident was where Tin Pan Alley would be working overnight to come up with a comic song about the incident. It is called Since Henry Ford Apologized to Me, written by Al Rose and performed by the Happiness Boys, Billy Jones and Ernie Hare in 1926. Why is it all? You look happy today. I am, Jake. You know that fellow I was speaking to you from? He called me up by the telephone half last night. Well, he said, if there is anything I have done to you I am sorry for, I'm glad of it. <laughs> well, I don't mind telling you that I'm so happy I could cry. You're looking simply great. Why don't you celebrate? Well, I bought myself a quart of hooch, a collar, meet a tie. Well, if I see you making whoopee, what's your alibi? I was sad and I was blue, but now I'm just as good as you since Henry Ford apologized to me. That's why you threw away your little Chevrolet and bought yourself a Ford Coupé. Well, I told the superintendent that the Dearborn Independent doesn't have to hang up where it used to be. You're happy now because he settled half the case. I'm sorry I cut off my nose to spite my race. Are you glad he changed his point of view? Yes, I like even Hetzel, too. Since Henry Ford apologized to me. It's a good thing he apologized, too, I'm telling you. Well, when you heard he would be in town, did you write him in advance? Yes, I asked him, please, to drop around to see my shop. Did you say you were a tailor? Sure, I offered him a chance to get a suit of clothes at cost. Including extra pants? Certainly. To even up for what he did, I bought a tractor for my kids since Henry Ford apologized to me. The mama said she'll feed him if he calls. Gewilte fish and matzo ball. Yeah, yeah, it's muzzle up there. And if he runs for president, I wouldn't charge a single cent. I'll cast my ballot absolutely free. Maybe. He's got an aviator for his new machine. Instead of Charlie Lindbergh's, he's got Charles Lewin. You've got a cold, now does it hoy? No, but I don't suffer in Detroit. Since Henry Ford apologized to me. I put the family jewels in half and bought myself a share of stock. Since Henry Ford apologized to me. 
I hear you had a baby yesterday and named it Henry right away. But what I thought about that guy, my wife was telling me that I should send him also my apologies. You got some biscuits and tied it on your foot somehow. And everybody thinks I've got a Lincoln now. I saw the brand new cars he makes. Instead of Lizzie's, they call them Jake's. Since Henry Ford apologized to me. Lovin', I have to have lovin', but when I'm have my lovin', I have to have you. Moment. I have to have moments, but when I'm having my moments, I have to have you. Sometimes I get so blue, waiting for you to take me. I can't go on like this, give me a kiss and make me happy. New thrills, I have to have new thrills, but when I'm having my new thrills, I have to have you. Taking my weekend, I have to have you. Night boats, I hate to take night boats, but if I have to take night boats, I have to take you. Miss Annette Hanshaw in 1929. I have to have you with a hot little band. I think that's Miff Mole playing the trombone. Surprisingly, this record with a really nice hot little band, as I said, is not even listed in the big jazz discography. So we don't really know exactly who is playing on it, but I suspect it is Miff Mole or Tommy Dorsey on trombone, probably Phil Napoleon on trumpet and all the 
hot musicians that were hanging around the Columbia studios waiting to get a recording date. Anyway, Miss Annette Hanshaw, one of the more interesting and fun vocalists from the mid to late 1920s. She went on into the early 1930s, and at that point, still a very, very young woman, gave up show business for domestic bliss. I can't say I blame her. Anyway, here is Annette again, a tune that I really love, and I know Rich Connedy used to play it all the time, Walking My Baby Back Home, 1931. Most every night, movies are his delight. I sort of go for them too. But when movies and dances are done, that's when we have real fun. Gee, it's great after being out late, walking my baby back home. Arm in arm over meadow and farm, walking my baby back home. We go along, harmonizing a song. Oh, he's reciting a poem Owls go by and they give me the eye Walking my baby back home We stop for a while, he gives me a smile I snuggle my head to his chest And then when he pants, believe me, he gets My powder all over his vest After I kind of straighten his tie I have to borrow his comb one kiss and I continue again Walking my baby back home Like this. Come 
Mysterious Hilda Alexander and Mamie McClure with their band, the Back of Town Boys, an unknown band, recorded in Chicago in March of 1929. Nobody really knows who the band is. Uh, I suspect the bass player is Bill Johnson, the great New Orleans bass player. Sounds very much like him, that sort of slap style, uh, very dominant player and a great player that went back to the days of Buddy Bolden. But anyway, It's Tight Like That was a hokum hit. All kinds of groups recorded it. Another dance craze, song craze, very much like the Charleston, but more, more of what they called a race record. It was a song written by African-American composers and basically recorded and released on what they called the race series, records that were made specifically for black audiences. Although a couple of white dance bands did record that tune, uh, it was predominantly in the blues catalog. 
Anyway, you heard it first right here on the American Grooves Radio Hour. And we're here every Sunday from 4 o'clock and repeating again at 10 o'clock on WLIW-FM Southampton and over the air at 88.3, serving Eastern Long Island and Southern Connecticut. And we're also at 96.9 if you happen to be in Suffolk, Western Suffolk, all the way to Amityville. You pretty much can hear us if it's a clear day. And we're streaming at WLIW.org backslash radio and on all of your favorite streaming platforms. This is listener-supported WLIW-FM, Long Island's only NPR station. And now for something completely different. The unlikely stars of Cary Grant's first film called Singapore Sue was a short subject. Cary Grant is in it and he's uncredited. He's totally unknown. But the real stars were the group that you just heard, Picard's Chinese 
syncopators. They were a Asian-American Chinese string band, all mandolins, guitars, as you hear, and they were very popular on the vaudeville circuit in the United States, wound up uh, in Queens where they made that short subject with Cary Grant. And that is their recording on the HMV, the British version of Victor Records, the HMV label of Stay Out of the South, Picard's Chinese Syncopators. And that was recorded in 19. 19- 28. So they were around for quite some time on the vaudeville circuit and in the phonograph studios. And if you're just tuning in, this is Joe Laro, the American Grooves Radio Hour, and it is our tribute, one of many, to the previous radio show known as The Big Broadcast by one of my friends and mentors, the late Rich Conaty. So we're kind of sticking with pop jazz and crazy music from the mid-1920s to the mid-1930s. And here is one of Rich Conaty's favorite singers, Connie Boswell, 1932, Say It Isn't So.
say that everything is still okay. That's all I want to know. And what they're saying, say it isn't so. What a nice way to wrap up our broadcast. The lovely talented Connie Boswell, the lead vocalist with the sister band, the Boswell Sisters, three girls out of New Orleans that were radio, phonograph records, and vaudeville sensations, inspiring the Andrew Sisters and so many girl vocal trios to follow. So this is Joe Lauro, American Grooves Radio Hour, signing off for this lovely Sunday, and hope you tune in next week. Good night, folks. to you weekly on WLIW-FM Southampton, 88.3 on your radio dial, and at WLIW.org, and all streaming formats. 